Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of $15,178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer incentive offers. 15,178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xE and Summit 4xE models and dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark. I noticed national media websites yesterday. They did like them. Some shock a smart picture of him celebrating the win over Creighton the other night. I saw that in numerous places. Matt Foster from KTV, his uh, video. I kept Shaka, watching that. Of Shaka Smart celebrating. He's got good ups. Looks Shaka, like Michael Jordan after he beat no. the Cavs. And this is this is not intended to be snarky towards Shaka Smart, but he's something again. Because remember when he was at VCU when they went to the Final Four and then years after, a lot of attention on Shaka. Shaka, Shaka, Shaka. Where's he going to go? What job's going to take him away from VCU? He was a big deal. And then Texas, that got tamped down quite a bit. And he's back to reminding people that, yeah, he's a pretty damn good coach. And people people like themselves in Shaka. They do. Notice that in the last 48 hours. People in Milwaukee should like him. He's 41-19 yeah. as their head coach. Yeah. Would agree with that. But, uh, yeah, they like the... Uh... The reaction of Shaka Smart. Not everybody liked the reaction of uh, Shaka Smart. The same website that I was looking at last night. Creighton's championship odds, plus 2,200. Not bad. That's tied for ninth Mm -hmm. among teams that three weeks from today will begin their quest to win the national championship. And what could uh, be a wide-open tournament. Road to uh, Houston. Yep, A wide-open tournament that Alabama doesn't miss a beat. Lock him up. And there was a fight in the stands. They had a even. I don't, know, I don't know if you guys watched the game. The game was wild. First of all, you could tell that Alabama wasn't all there at the beginning, except for him, except for Brandon Miller. Yeah. I mean, Brandon Miller. Every time he touched the ball, he was unstoppable. But he got booed. You heard the chant, "Lock him up." Then I wonder if somebody from South Carolina said something to the student section. They had to pause the game because there was a fight in the student section. Yeah, I didn't know that. <laughs> it's like the vet. Oh, it's crazy. And let me look here. Alabama, uh, their road schedule. Uh, buy me some time here. Now, I think. Now, do they still have Auburn? I know uh, it's not like football. Nope, their only anymore. road game left is at Texas A&M. Okay. I'm sure, oh. I'm sure people at 11 a.m. on March 4th on, on CBS, by the way, will be very kind to Brandon Miller and oh, Nate boy. Oates in Alabama. You know, you know whether we're talking about Oates or Byrne and trying to navigate the situation, I, I don't know what can be done. And, and that's not me saying he shouldn't be playing. But I don't know what you can really do right now because it's a big story. This was the day after you had a police officer testify that he delivered the gun that led to a homicide. You know, say that out loud again. Say, just walk through people through the yeah. scenario, but say that out loud again. You had a police officer testify that he, the lottery pick, the number one pick, and a guy who is averaging over 20 points a game for Alabama, Brandon Miller, delivered a gun to a now former teammate that committed allegedly a homicide 
with said gun. Mm-hmm. And then parked the car blocking in the victim. Yes. Hmm. And so, yet we're seeing this player still compete. You have a coach who did have to back up. I'm sorry, backtrack what he originally said about his player being in the wrong place at the wrong time. And then talking to Byrne, you know, probably, anyway, uh, sort of clarifying his statements and, and trying to show, you know, the, the sympathy to the situation itself and to the victim and the victim's family. But a lot of the conversations that have taken place to keep Miller competing in a way, look, I, I know what this young man stands to make in the NBA. I know what he means to Alabama. I know what he means for a team that is going to be a number one season, going to be a damn good team, is, is a damn good team with him. I understand you feel that he is, it, from what you're hearing story-wise, consistencies in, in the stories from law enforcement to Miller himself, that's enough for you to feel justified in playing him, boy, you are putting him out there too. And, and I'm not trying to say feel sorry for him, but I'm just saying at what point, and, and you, you bring up something very interesting. The team, sluggish. The team came out on the road against South Carolina, and, I mean, it took every ounce in a hell of an effort by the person in question to end up winning that game. How much can this team endure with this situation you know not just Brandon Miller but this team endure with this situation while he's still active on the court now, he hasn't been charged with anything no and, and I'm no and that's important about the Alabama laws to me it it strikes me as accessory to murder but I don't know enough about the Alabama laws mm-hmm. and they have said that there is nothing there to charge him so I don't know what there is to keep him off the court if he's not charged with anything right then what are you sitting him on the side for? And I, I think I will look at this from Nate Oates. Now, Nate Oates put his foot in his mouth from what he said Tuesday to what he said Wednesday, and he already knew the facts on Tuesday and had a backtrack on Wednesday. Yeah. That's a bad look. And for him to say, wrong place, wrong time, I don't know why he considers this a case of wrong place, wrong time, when we know that three of his players were at least tangently involved in a shooting. Yeah. Even if they're self-defense argument proves successful in court. Mm-hmm. But I'm going to I'm gonna look at it from this standpoint of what Nate Oates is looking like. I, I realize that's probably low-hanging fruit, fruit to say he's a lottery pick. We have a chance to win a national championship. We need them. Right. Okay, those are the optics. Yes. And that's happened before, so I see how that's easy to do. I'm going to say Nate Oates looked at, looks at it this way. One... He's not been charged with anything, Mm -hmm. so what would there be to keep him off the court? And also he's going to say, you know what? He's a good kid. He's a good kid who we know that has never been in trouble, and I'm not going to throw him to the wolves. Now, keeping him out on the floor, you think, wow, he's throwing him in front of crowds that are not going to embrace him. Right. And the kid goes for 41 last night. Mm -hmm. But I'm going to go with, I think that's what he's looking at is, this is not a bad kid. I'm not going to throw him to the wolves. I'm not going to kick him out of the program. And we're going to try and navigate all of this. But for Nate Oates, it's a really, really bad look on what he has said in back-to-back days 
because what he said yesterday contradicted what he said on Tuesday, and they already knew the facts. Yeah. And so he has some splaining to do, and maybe more of a sympathetic tone would be a lot better in this case. Yeah, and, and I was reading last night, you know, Greg Byrne talking with reporters too and trying to give them a little bit more insight of the decision. And, you know, there was a lot of talk about the the text that, you know, Miller had received and he was already going to pick up his teammate and he had already arrived at the scene before the the victim got there. So it wasn't like he purposely blocked uh, the individual in. So there was a lot of, you know, trying to set up the stage and where he was individually. And, and more any, anything that Greg Byrne, I thought, was trying to explain was intent or lack thereof or, you know, what Brandon Miller thought he was walking into. But it's just hard to get the idea of, you know, going there to bring a gun. Again, whether it's a self-defense situation or not. And we'll see. And this is where maybe we're not privy to a lot of the information that University of Alabama is. And I know Greg Byrne talked about. They made this decision to keep that player active based on information and conversations with the president of the university and probably most importantly, the legal department of the university. You're not charged with anything. So, I mean, you, you keep him off the court. What's his response? So, right. I, so, so I understand that, but but there is part of the Nate Oates situation, is he may not bear responsibility for the actions of his players when they're on their own, but he is responsible for how his program responds when he's given the information mm-hmm. what his players have done, and for two straight days Nate Oates has failed in that category. I think that's fair. Now, there's the other part of last night watching that game. And Alabama's a really good basketball team. Number one in line for a number one seed. They've been good all season long. They've been the best of the best in the SEC. Yeah, they could win it all. And their their remaining games, so they play Arkansas this weekend. That's ESPN2. Then they have Auburn. That's ESPN2. And as we're alluding to, their final game is on the road at Texas A&M, and that's on CBS and then three weeks from today, they could be playing as a number one seed in the NCAA tournament. So there's a lot of attention on Alabama. Mm. There's been a lot of attention on Alabama because they're a basketball program at a football school that is having great success, and people want to talk about them. There's the part of talking about the basketball team, and also this incident happened a month ago, and then I guess nationally we kind of moved on. I'm yep. sure locally in Tuscaloosa it's been the talk for a month and then what comes out earlier this week is the awkwardness on the television broadcast when you have a situation like this. Right, right. It was awkward last night yeah. on ESPN2 to try and have them walk through the timeline from Greg Byrne, the athletic director, what Nate Oates, the basketball coach, said, what Brandon Miller is doing Thankfully for ESPN2, and if I was the play-by-play guy, you can't ignore it. Nope. But it's important to have that sideline reporter that fills in a lot yeah. of the blanks. Yep. And that's what they had. But the broadcast from here on out, covering Alabama, it's going to be awkward on how you discuss it on air because you cannot ignore that because it's a major storyline. Yeah. And the major storyline that the kid went for 41 last night. 
and the circumstances were different. And I, I was pretty young when this uh, happened in 1993. But I remember, you know, going back and watching the Fab Five. A lot of us remember when Jalen Rose was linked to a, a drug bust and what they call the crack house incident, where he's hanging out with some friends. They go to a house, and uh, one of the guys that he's hanging out with, they find him with crack. Whereas he says, we got rock. And so Jalen Rose being associated with that incident, I think the first game that he had to play after that news was made public was in Champaign, Illinois. And the Orange Crush was still a thing back then too. And they kept, you know, chanting uh, crack house. And I guess when he was shooting free throws too, they're doing the Nancy Reagan, just say no, just say no. And he goes off for 25 points. You know, there's... That And again, I don't want to try to even compare the two, but it's a situation where, you know, things like this where you are either associated and, and depending on your, your association and your you know, level of that are obviously, you know, up for discussion. But, you know, seeing Miller go off for 41, I, I, I kind of thought about that. Like you're, you're in the lion's den and you're being, you know, called every name. They're telling you to... It, saying to lock you up and everything, and yet you're able to kind of block that out. I mean, from a basketball standpoint, from an overall ability standpoint, that's impressive. But I, I still think about it, and, and I even thought about this with the uh, the Michigan team when I was watching that documentary and getting an idea of, of how, really how in the moment you had to be if you were that whole team to be able to sort of shake that part of it off and, and I just I think it's much worse for Alabama right now given the gravity of the situation you know it was one thing for you know a drug charge where one of your teammates was just so happened to be at the house when that happened like Jalen Rose in 93 this one is I mean we're, we're talking about two guys one former player is up for capital murder charges and that's why I continue to wonder about this story not even necessarily on how it impacts Brandon Miller because if last night's any indication as long as he's on the floor, I think he might be able to compartmentalize it. But how this team responds as this becomes more and more of a story, given the fact and the season that this team has had, is going to be something to watch for sure. Something also to watch that got a little bit of discussion when it first came out, but a month later you start to go, hmm, that Nate Oates reached out to Ray Lewis for – Advice on how to handle this. Wow. I don't know if that's good. That just well, makes it look I mean, even even worse. I mean, Ray Lewis was involved in a murder following right. a Super Bowl yeah. party in Atlanta. In, that night. Uh, 23 years ago. <laughs> and the murder charges against Ray Lewis were eventually dropped. Yeah. After his lawyer, they negotiated a, a deal. Uh, and then he testified against two people that were involved in the murder. And then both of those people were acquitted of the charges a year later. Well, and everything that I've read about Brandon Miller's involvement, it there's been no indication at all that he'd be charged with anything. And even as you have testimony taking place and this whole thing is, is sort of being revealed... It doesn't sound like, and again, this goes probably back to Alabama law, which, like you, I'm, 
not well versed on. But yeah, which has to be different because I think there's a lot of things in place where you could charge somebody with accessory to murder. Yeah, that that's what it would that's what it would sound like, just given the facts that we're we're hearing about. But man, it, I, I I that's what I think most people. I wouldn't even say most people, but people have to at least understand is there are no charges. And from a legal standpoint, you know, especially for a young man that has a heaping pile of money waiting for him at the next level, from a legal standpoint, if you sit him out with no charges, what type of legal, legal ramifications would come the way of Alabama? But I know there's sort of the morality of it where people would say, well, that shouldn't matter. Well, it does, though. I mean, that's the bottom line. It yeah. does matter. It's just a, it's an unenviable situation for this basketball team. You know, I'm, I'm thinking more about the team as the, the impact. Obviously, you think about the, the, the victim, that goes without saying. But as far as from the basketball standpoint, I'm thinking more about this team. And, you know, as you pointed out, being a little sluggish, look, that happens you know, regardless of the circumstances, especially this time of the year. But I'm curious if this is a sign of things to come as this story is gaining a lot more legs. Uh, 50 past the hour. Uh, Stephen M. Simple, a little bit uh, later. Uh, we've done our whole tour of Nebraska assistant coaches. So we'll uh, have some takeaways from some things that were said uh, yesterday uh, from Corey Campbell, the strength and conditioning coach, uh, all the way through Donovan Riola, Rob Dvorak, the linebacker coach, all of that and much more to come as we Roll till 10. It's a Thursday edition of Mornings with Sharp and Hanley on 1620 The Zone. Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of 15178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer incentive offers. 15178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xE and Summit 4xE models in dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark.